welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine, your hostess. This show is all about helping you build a sustainably profitable business while making an unbelievable impact on your world. Learn from my 20 plus years of experience and from my guests as we discuss their pricing challenges, failures, and successes. Pricing is a way of being or behaving in your business, and my mission is to help you confidently charge for the value you deliver. Pricing either hurts or helps your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. If you're loving this show, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to it. Share it with your friends and colleagues. And of course, if you'd like to find out more about how to work with me, head on over to thepricinglady.com and book a discovery call. In this episode, we take a look at the relationship between imposter syndrome and charging for the value you deliver. That's exactly what I spoke about with my expert guest, Shireen Lovegrove. She helps women suffering with imposter syndrome to walk their path with power, purpose, and grace. I wanted to have her on the show so we can have a frank discussion about imposter syndrome and its relationship to how you can have a profitable business. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the discussion. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited today to have a very special guest here with me, Miss Shireen Lovegrove. Hello, Shireen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jean. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're welcome. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about pricing and imposter syndrome. And this is a specialty, I would say, correct, of Shireen's. Shireen, why don't we start by having you introduce yourself to the watchers, to the viewers? Thank you. I'd love to. Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm Sharon Lovegrove, and I am an author. I am a feminine coach, and gosh, I've lost myself there for a second. (laughs) I don't know where that went to. Anyway, crypto (laughs) entrepreneur. And the thing is, is I help women with imposter syndrome that procrastinate, self-sabotage, and sophisticatedly hide. And what I do is I help them step into sovereignty so that they can have the life that they deserve to have, one that is healthy, wealthy, loving, and divine. Excellent. Excellent. So, Shireen, why don't we start this off and you tell us a little bit about what you mean by imposter syndrome. Let's make sure everybody's on the same page first. Yeah. Okay. Well, Very interesting, you know, 70% of women will suffer from imposter syndrome. But in actual fact, everyone suffers with imposter syndrome at some level or other, because when we move from one level to another, there's a sense of confidence that kind of is not matching where we are now to where we want to be. And so we start looking back and reflecting, and we think we are missing out. We haven't Mm -hmm. grown into that new role yet. So what often happens is we may actually start to doubt ourselves and we will start to do actions that will affect us in a sense of stopping mm-hmm. us going out there and doing the job that we maybe have been desperately wanting to do for a very, very long time. So imposter syndrome is really based on how we perform. Yes, there's lots of very deep levels of belief structures that sit underneath that and sometimes we can correct But if you have real embodied imposter syndrome, you don't correct. You don't go back and say, okay, well, this is just me going through my wobble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is me going through my wobble, but I'm still not feeling better. I'm still suffering and I worry and worry and worry. Mm -hmm. 
is that what makes it, or maybe it's not, maybe I should ask a different question. So is there a difference between just self-doubt and imposter syndrome? Is that the difference? I think it is. Uh, you know, imposter syndrome is where you will start to, when, you know, basically you'll start to think that, first of all, you don't belong there because you can't, you're so anxious, you can't actually validate the pleasure of a past experience. You can't say, well, I've done it now, or I can do it again. It's kind of like, oh, God, when's the next opportunity that I'm going to have to do this, okay? (laughs) So the correct, if you look at the cognitive model, you don't have this exit loop. It doesn't happen. You don't get the reward. You don't feel the reward. And so you keep going back in the cycle. Yeah, yeah. So that's really what happens all the time, yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. So what would you say is... One way that you can then identify that this is really something that you're suffering from. I hate that word suffering, that you're experiencing. There we go. (laughs) We're suffering when we're not happy. Yeah. That's the bottom line. We're always suffering when we're not happy. If we've got a very resilient mindset or an anti-fragility mindset, that means we will bounce back very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We go, oh, okay, so, yeah, this has happened. I believe all of life is conspiring to help me, so let me see what's going on here and let me move forward. But somebody that's had or has what I think is like resistant, it's a resistant self-doubt. There's just no Mm. way we can get past that, and that is based on just such deep anxiety. And so if you can't exit this loop, you're going to suffer. You're going to go back into that cycle and really feel very, very scared. And it doesn't matter what anyone says to you. (laughs) You're not going to hear them. You're not going to listen to them. You're you're a yes, but person. Right. Okay. Interesting. And what are the roots? Where does this come from? I think it comes from I'm a not good enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you really look way down and you go back and back and back and back, you'll often find there's been an experience in your life where you have had such a profound effect of having that moment of not being good enough that you didn't really recover Mm -hmm. and you didn't have anybody around you that perhaps could help you through that process in a more resourceful way. Mm -hmm. And very often, you know, people that have suffered from a lot of childhood trauma And that's not like you don't have to be beaten to have it. You can just have somebody that just doesn't believe in you and constantly grinds and grinds and grinds that you can end up in that same place. Right. Right. I guess it would even be be, you can perceive that someone doesn't believe in you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's really interesting. One negative requires seven extra things of praise before you can undo one negative thought, believe it or not. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is very crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So Shireen, when it comes to pricing, of course, from my side, I hear and see this reflected in people's behavior all the time. I'm curious, from your own perspective, how do you think that this shows up in people's businesses in relationship to their pricing? Well, first of all, one of the things is when you are thinking about going out and touting for any business, you're already running with this mindset over there. You know, while you're in that interview, you're already thinking about, I've got to ask this price, I've got to ask this price. And this builds this fear going up so that when you do ask, or no, you probably would allow yourself to give a discount before you've even asked for your price, (laughs) which is often what you do. You sell yourself short. So you often undervalue yourself or you can't see the value of your product and if you can't do that then you can't be congruent with your product 
So right. I think they chronically take discounts instead of saying, well, no, actually, I don't offer a discount. And actually, I think I'm good enough. Go to somebody else if you really need to. But this right. is what I do. And this is how I can give you value. And the problem is they don't they don't say this is how I can give you value. Right. So, you know, if, if that makes sense. And so yeah. it's really important that, first of all, you know, of course, your value. But secondly, to just give a discount because you're uncomfortable because of that feeling is just not helpful. Yeah. Right, right. Actually, it's usually quite destructive, both to your profit and to the value. Yeah, exactly. And then also to your your psyche and your mental, it kind of it feeds that loop that you get stuck into when you're in that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And I know personally from my own experience, yeah, because, yeah. you know, this is where I realized I had it. And it was when I was actually asking for a raise in my price. So I decided I was going to put my prices up and then everybody would say, but that's, you know, that's really expensive. And I'm going, actually, this is not as expensive as somebody else I know and they're doing less than I do. So, you know, this doesn't make sense, but it is because you don't sell your value. And so people question when you don't sell your value. That's it. So if you actually put your price up and you're congruent about it and you're able to say, well, no, that's exactly what I charge, then people will just, they won't even quibble, you know. Yeah. They don't. And that's a a very important point because you actually have to believe first before most other people believe. Now, we all have those friends who believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. Yes. <laughs> right. That's the exception to the rule. But, yeah. you know, you really have to believe in not only what you're offering and the value that you bring, but that you have the right prices before other people will believe as well. Because what happens is they sense that incongruity. You yeah. say, this is my price, but you say it with a proverbial question mark. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and people sense that. Exactly. And, you know, most of our communication is nonverbal. Right. And the interesting thing is the moment, yes, there's this the face stuff that we can see, but if you're on the phone or you're on something like that, sound is so quick at, you know, just a slight change in tempo, slight anything automatically creates something going on in our system yeah. and we will we'll be in a disconnect there. And yeah. so that's why our clients don't uh, don't want to buy from us if we're not congruent with ourselves, yeah. because our voice is not low, we're not smiling, we're kind of stressed out, looking desperate. <laughs> we think, God, I need to sell. But actually, yeah. that's really part of what the problem is. You know, yeah. I hear it quite often as an intonation. You know, people. Some I'll ask someone. I say, Oh, what do you charge for that? And they're like, Five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that question. You're like, are you asking me or are you telling me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's something about always lowering your voice at the end of, you know, it's a skill, but it is about mm-hmm. making sure you keep that voice really low and soft, gentle, and just really right. to the point. Yeah. Right, right. So we've talked about mm-hmm. what it is and how it affects us. So it begs the question when we recognize that that's the cycle that we're in, what do we do? <laughs> Good question. What do we do? You know, I think that there's really some there are, there are some mind hacks, and I had a beautiful one this morning when I was just listening to a, a podcast, and I thought it was really lovely. And part of part of your thing is if you don't have value, or you're not important, or you you know you're not special in the sense that you are everybody, every human being is special, 
And the thing is, when we don't acknowledge that we are equal to everybody else, then it makes it really hard. So it's important to, before you have an interview, before you you do anything, is that you make sure that you are sovereign. Basically, you stand in your power and you start to think about all the things about why why someone should be there for you, why they should come to you. Think about all those things that you do exceptionally well so that you use those points as the way to home in. But it also means that it will allow you to keep yourself in that really important place. The mm -hmm. second thing, which was is really interesting, the moment you get slightly stressed, when I say slightly stressed, something happens, a negative thought jumps in, mm -hmm. you move forward in a different way that then cuts off circulation to the brain. And that means you now go into that stress cycle. So just sit back, sit right. back, square your shoulders up and just allow yourself to breathe down here. Because then in that moment, you give yourself time to collect yourself and be able to say something that's helpful. Right, <laughs> right. Not helpful. Yeah. Right. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, I breathe. That's a big one for any trigger situation. Yeah. The breath can do so much. So we have a, a comment here from Joanne. So hi, Joanne. Thanks hi, for joining Joanne. us. And she's saying, you know, she's reluctant to charge the 2997 during COVID for her holistic hair loss training. It's a six month program. So I'd like to address that question. First, I have, well, first, I'd like to know what you would like to, you know, how you can help her for that or give her some, you know, she's struggling with, you know, charging that at a specific period in time, but maybe you have some questions or you have some, some ideas for her. Yeah, you know, there are a couple of things. I mean, one of the things is, is to really look as about the value. I think, you know, the idea that this is about hair loss. Am I correct? This is about is, hair is it loss. Yeah, hair mm -hmm. loss. Is it hair? I mean, I'm not quite sure. Is it hair loss? Like, what? What is the hair loss kind of thing? So, what is it that makes her think it's not important? That's mm -hmm. the thing because this is about you know hypnosis mm -hmm. syndrome is about is important. If she's thinking mm -hmm. that the product is not important, that means that she's there's an incongruency mm -hmm. between the product that she's selling and the thing of charging, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So if she's aware of thinking, okay, if somebody really gets value out of dealing with, you know, I can help them with a hair loss, mm -hmm. and how does that make their life? Does it transform their life? Then you know something, right. you should be paying more, <laughs> charging more. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, because if you're transforming someone's life and you're making it better, mm -hmm. then COVID or no COVID, people will buy. I think there's a, mis a real misnomer in thinking that co that COVID is an exceptional time for not buying things and putting your prices low. I think that's, you know, this. Right. you're buying into the, the myth that there's lack. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, let's be fair. There are people who are struggling, who aren't getting yeah, paychecks yeah. and whatever. And I don't want to diminish that in any way, shape or form. I agree with you that one, we shouldn't assume something for other people. So this is something I talk about with my clients. If you're assuming, Joanne, right from the start that they can't afford it, that's almost an insult to the client. That's their decision yeah. to make, whether or not they have the means or the resources to be able to make that investment. You should charge for the value you're delivering. Of course, you may want to do something exceptional from time to time. You want to be supportive of, of people, 
but I would say you still need to hold that price there and then mm. handle exceptions if that's really what you think is the right thing to do in that moment. But don't use COVID or some exceptional situation like that as an excuse to doubt the value that you bring people. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what I'd call sophisticated hiding. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Using something else as an excuse. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So she gave us another comment. The program is actually to teach hairstylists. Right. Okay. Yeah. And hairstylists are going to really need jobs when COVID is over. So it's a really valuable thing. And, you yes. know, looking good is very important for our sense of self-esteem. Right. So I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But I also think, you know, if, as you said, something with the idea of making exceptions, make it easier for them to pay. Mm-hmm. Don't drop your pet. Don't drop your price make it easier mm-hmm. so maybe whereas before i would sometimes have charged people up front and say no this is the way this is the deal mm-hmm. now i'm actually changing the deal in the sense that i'm going to make it easier for you to pay monthly because it's easier right. and it's softer but that's what you're going to do that's just, so they pay the full amount so mm-hmm. the part of my honor is mm-hmm. saying well i really want to do this for you so therefore this will give you this value and so you make it easier yeah just yeah, make it make easier. it easier Yes. And I always tell people the other thing you can do is add a deal sweetener. So the price is going to be the same, but during COVID, I'll give you this bonus, which is another way to add value without destroying the value of of your original offer. So thank you, Joanne, so much for your question. I hope that we've given you some insights there. So Shireen, I had a couple questions here and somehow in setting things up, I misplaced my notes. So I won't keep looking for them. You carry on. (laughs) But I had asked you a few questions and, and one of them was about your biggest pricing challenge. And you said something to the extent that, well, there were two parts to it. What did you struggle with the most? And what was your biggest learning when it came to pricing? Can you maybe tell us a little bit about your own experience when it comes to pricing in your business? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we I talked about when when I was a therapist and I and putting the prices up and then getting used to it. And I think there's there is something about knowing it's going to be uncomfortable to start because mm-hmm. when you move from one area to another, you're growing into that price. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you, you you're shifting a little bit. So my difficulties. So I'm, you know, once I'd moved, I'd shifted. The mm-hmm. thing is to be aware that you're going to expect that and to allow yourself to to manage it right. in, in a different way. So I guess my most difficult time was when I was doing my first first couple of courses, coaching things where I actually sat there and I was trying very hard. And I realized that as I was getting towards the end, I was getting more and more tense. And I think what really, really shifted for me, I had a few few failures, of course, But what really shifted was when I started to write down, as people were talking to me, I would write down the things that fitted with my program Mm -hmm. so that I could say, well, you know, you said this, I can help you here. You said this, I can help you here. And I was very specific. Mm -hmm. And I think the specificity of things really shifted. If, say, for example, we went off a course, I would follow up with an email And I would say, okay, these are the three things you came to tell me about. This is how I can help you. And, you know, and I left it that. I sort of made it easy for them to make up their mind. I didn't say you've got 24 hours. What Mm -hmm. I thought was, no, this is about a relationship. So it's really about if you're going into someone's world, 
You want them to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the most important thing. If they don't feel safe, they're not going to shift and change. They won't transform to those levels that you really want them to transform to. Right. So, yeah, you have to make your place a safe harbour mm-hmm. and give them, you know, live live your truth. How would you want somebody else, yeah, to speak yeah. to you? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. I think it's, I think it also helps when you, you know, send your clients or potential clients words back to them. It helps them feel like they're being heard. Yeah. And if you get it wrong, they'll let you know, which means that you can get it right. Yeah. And, and you, you actually get for more information. So I actually think it's a very good way to work with people and to sort of set the stage for communicating the value. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Shireen, before we go, I have two more questions. One is, well, it's less of a question than a statement. You have a book that came out last year. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that book? Yes, my book, Hiding in Plain Sight, No More. We had to put the no more there. came out <laughs> in April last year, and it really is the story of my journey through imposter syndrome really looking at what was going on. And when I started writing the book, it was a self-help book. And then I realized I'd already written a book before, which probably was the precursor of the idea that maybe I had imposter syndrome, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't notice it. And so I thought I'd write another self-help book. And then I realized that wasn't going to work until I spoke about me and spoke about my journey and what was going on. It was the best thing I ever did. Because going back over my past Mm -hmm. and looking at all those little key things that made me who I am today made me realize my unique gift, Mm -hmm. you know, in the way that I help women. And, you know, I was a nurse. I did midwifery. I spent a lot of time working as a gentle birth specialist. You know, I've always worked with women, but it's interesting that I didn't do enough with mind work. And that was what I really loved. Mm -hmm. And so this was where things started to shift. And I realized that actually this is my gift is where I overcame. And so I could help someone else with that. Excellent. So Shireen, any other questions that we have, I will address them after we're done here in the comments. And there's a link to Shireen's book in the comments. I got a little bit jumpy with the clicker there. Uh, Shireen, if people want to find out more about you or connect with you, where's the best place for them to reach you? LinkedIn is probably the best place to get place right now. Okay, very good. Shireen, thank you so much for being on the show with us or with me today with us. <laughs> I don't have a mouse in my pocket now for with me today and with uh, well, the listeners or viewers as well. I very much appreciate it. Imposter syndrome. I think one of the biggest takeaways that we can leave this discussion with is that in almost for almost everyone in some aspect, this is, yeah. this is something that they go through and experience. It's, it's not yeah. just women. It's not just men. It's not just older or younger. It really is something that is part of the human experience. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, rate, review, and subscribe to it, then share it with your friends and colleagues. I love hearing back from you listeners. If you've got comments, questions, or topic ideas, go on over to thepricinglady.com and contact me there. Not sure where to start when it comes to improving pricing and profits? At thepricinglady.com, you can download a copy of my self-assessment pricing scorecard. 
Find out where it's going well and where you can begin improving. Or just simply book a discovery call with me. There we can discuss what's up with pricing in your business and how I might be able to help you. Thanks once again for joining. Remember, pricing can hurt or help your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. See you next time. And as always, enjoy pricing. Enjoy pricing.